Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. If you are looking for vendor process training for you or your entire vendor team, head over to my site at DeborahRRichardson.com and click on the Vendor Team Training Solved button to learn more about what is included in the monthly or annual plan and also to download a 2021 training schedule. Get the training that you and your team needs to avoid payment fraud, duplicate vendors, compliance fines, and more. It is not often that I come across a new validation for the vendor legal name. So if you are as curious as I was to find out all about this new validation, keep listening. Welcome to episode 131, a new vendor validation to make sure your vendor is real. So it's not often that I am made aware of a new way to validate that your vendors are who they say they are. I created a vendor validation reference list with resource links, and I'll put a link to that uh, in the blog post um, that I will link in the show notes. But anyway, I created that reference list with resource links and it has over 24 vendor validations. Um, And I created that as a free download on my site. It's been available um, for a couple years now and I have updated it recently with additional banking and address resources. But now there is another registration number, the LEI to tie to the vendor legal name that can be added as well. All right, so first we're gonna talk about what is the LEI and where did it come from? And then we'll talk about how you can use it to validate your vendor. And then I'll have some concluding thoughts on it since it's not really a compliance thing. So first, what is the LEI and where the heck did it come from? Well, according to the Office of Financial Research, during the financial crisis of 2007 to 2009, the financial industry, um, regulators, and policymakers, they struggled to trace quickly the exposures and connections of Lehman Brothers and others across the financial system. This problem highlighted the need for a globally recognized identifier for legal entities. Now that makes sense because we know that even bank branch details differ um, across the US and other countries. So in the US, you'll have the ABA number and other countries, you'll have the SWIFT code, the BIT code, um, and you also have the IBAN. So it does, uh, it is different. And 
they're saying the Office of Financial Research uh, specifically talks about legal entities, but I've seen some other resources that will say um, all entities or companies that are involved in financial tra uh, transactions. So it can be more than the bank, it's any company that's involved in a financial transaction. So in comes the Legal Entity Identifier, or LEI, and it is a data standard. Uh, it's like a barcode for precisely identifying parties to financial transactions. Now further, the identifier is used in regulatory reporting to financial regulators, and all financial companies and their funds are required to have an LEI, though no individuals can be assigned an LEI. So it's for companies and their funds only. LEIs will not be available to individuals. Um, so you won't be able to look up your vendors that are individuals using an LEI because they won't have one. Now the LEI is a 20 character alphanumeric code based on the ISO uh, 17442 standard. And once they get one, it is good for one year. Now I will have a uh, visual or a picture of the structure of the LEI codes. Um, there are uh, each section, it goes up to 20 characters, but each section, it uh, means a different thing. So I'll put that visual, again, that will be in the blog post and the link to the blog post will be in the show notes. Now, there's another organization called the Global Legal Entity Identifier Foundation. Um, it's the system's central operating utility and it's GLIFE, I guess that's how you pronounce it for short, G-L-I-E-F, uh, GLIFE for short. But anyway, it ensures the operational integrity of the system um, while a worldwide network of local operating units assign the LEIs. Um, if you do a Google search on LEI, you'll get a ton of results with companies that are offering to issue uh, the LEIs in a variety of timeframes, by the way. Now, there are hundreds of thousands of companies that have been issued these LEIs, and there is an organization collecting ownership structure uh, information as well. All right, so how to use it to validate your vendor? Well, a company or a financial company reference database has been established, and it's easily accessible by the public free of charge. Now the OFR or the Office of Financial Research, uh, they offer a free search and another source while not endorsed by the OFR or Office of Financial Research, um, Glyph uh, also contains a search function that allows you to search by LEI, by vendor name, by the bit code or the address. Now, to compare that to what the OFR offers, they only offer you to search by the LEI. So you cannot search by uh, anything else. Uh, if you wanna search by other criteria, you have to search on Glyph. And so I will have um, 
a link to both of those in the blog post. And again, the blog post will be linked in the search. And also in the blog post, I'll have um, some visuals so you can see what those searches uh, look like. So anyway, if you go on to Glyph um, and you do their LEI search 2.0, you can go ahead and again, search by LEI number, vendor name, BIC or address. And then once it's searched, you can export the results in a CSV, a JSON, I think that's how you pronounce that file format, um, an XML or an Excel uh, file format. So you can search and then you can download. Now in the search results, it's going to tell you, you know, what country uh, that vendor is from, um, whether the entity status is active or not, um, whether what that vendor's legal name is, what their LEI number is, and then also their registration status. And their registration status, it looks like it's two that I'm seeing so far. It's issued and that has a little green um, dot. So I guess that's good. And then there is a lapsed, um, which is a red dot. So I'm assuming that, um, uh, you know, these LEI numbers are good for a year. And so maybe after the year, they did not uh, re-register or recertify or whatever that process is. So the registration status can be good or bad, green or red, issued or lapsed. Now, once you click in to get more detail, you click into a specific vendor, you're going to see um, the primary legal name and then you'll see some more information, which I don't know if you need, but it does have their uh, legal address and then it also has their headquarters address. So if you know you have an LEI and you got uh, some, uh, you know, some documentation or something that you sent to them and you got it back, maybe this is another way to verify their address. So that's on there as well. And then they also have some registration uh, details. It goes more into the status, whether it's lapsed or issued. It talks, it tells when it was registered, the last update. Um, not Probably not something that you would be uh, interested in, but it does give you a little more details. And again, you might be able to use it to uh, update or uh, identify when an update to your vendor's address is required. And then also uh, it may give you, since it has the vendor's legal name that they registered with, it may give you the accurate vendor's uh, legal name, especially if you have a vendor um, or someone at the vendor's um, uh, office that gave you a W-9 and the legal name was not valid. Maybe you can come over here and see what that legal name needs to be especially when you're dealing with someone at the vendor that may not know the appropriate uh, tax structure and legal name uh, that was used to register with the uh, with the IRS. Now, that was another thing I thought I saw on another, because I've been kind of clicking around, just kind of playing with it uh, since I'm new to this as well. And I thought they had the legal um, structure on some of these. And I think it's just the kind that I uh, clicked into now. I clicked into a fixed income fund. And so that might be a little bit different. Maybe another type of entity will have another type of 
uh, organizational structure or legal form. So uh, this is something that, you know, I would uh, go ahead and click over into the blog post and click uh, to follow through um, to these links so that you can search uh, and just see uh, what's out here and see how or if this resource or these resources can help you and your team validate your uh, vendors and ensure that they are real. All right, so conclusion, and I often don't have conclusions, but I did want to on this one, um, since this is not a compliance um, requirement. You know, unlike the IRS, you're collecting that information, you're doing the validation. Um, One, yes, to make sure that the vendor is real, but you're also doing it because you have to, because if you don't validate that the vendor legal name and tax ID match each other, then you could be looking at penalties and fines from the IRS. That's not the case here. But again, while there may be no compliance requirement to collect the LEI number from the vendor, it can be that extra piece of data to prove that your vendor is real. Now, you may not have um, room for another data element in your vendor master file, but it can be saved in the documentation. Oh, and one other thing, Also, if you include it as part of your authentication reference template, and if you guys don't know what that is, I'll link to that blog post and my other blog posts where I talk about authenticating um, your requesters before you accept uh, uh, documentation for for adding a vendor or updating a vendor. Um, You can use this number for that. And and if you do that, make sure that the number is not uh, accessible to those outside of your vendor team. So if you do put it in your vendor master file in your accounting system or ERP, make sure you mask it if you use that to authenticate uh, your vendors. Now, lastly, if the LEI number has lapsed, consider that only another piece of information to make a decision about whether a vendor is real. Use that in combination with other validations to determine if you will accept the vendor as valid or flag it for further due diligence to avoid fraud. My point with this is, is that if um, you have a vendor uh, legal name and tax identification number that does not match, that's usually uh, a trigger for uh, us to go back or you to go back, your team to go back to the vendor and get an updated W-9. It's not necessarily a trigger for backup withholding, but you can use that as a as leverage to uh, uh, make the vendor uh, submit a valid uh, W-9. So that's really not the case with the LEI number. Again, it's just another piece of data to um, further or strengthen your case for a real vendor or a vendor that could be a fraudulent vendor. If if they've lapsed, um, it's not something that you have to send that back to the vendor for because you're not using it for um, uh, a verification for a regulatory uh, reason like you do the IRS uh, legal name and tax ID. 
I hope that made sense. And don't forget to uh, click on the blog to go over to it for all of the uh, links I talked about, um, including the link to download the free vendor validation uh, reference list with resource links, because I will include these two new resources to uh, check the LEI number. So that'll be new and I'm excited to, to have added uh, new resources to verify the vendor legal name. So thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 131st episode of the Putting the AP in Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing the review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy. Stay happy.